Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Well, I waited for you. You weren't I, there, I so... I was chatting <laughs> amiably with Steve Gregory. Yeah, the we stage were... is empty, so <laughs> I got to take over. Can, can you... Uh, <laughs> can you both yeah. say, though... I don't want anybody to hear this. Or... Can you guys go both uh, take over, though? I'm trying to get Taylor Swift tickets, and this is really complicated. <laughs> No, really. I mean, it's being, it's inundated. The Ticketmaster side. I can't. It's going to crash. I'm, I'm in the queue. 5, 000, 5, 000, 5 million people ahead of me. It's going to crash. Uh, oh, my God. Taylor Swift. Wow. Uh, all right. Well, Steve's in the studio because of obviously the uh, overwhelming huge story this morning of what happened in Whittier when 25 sheriff's recruits were hit by an SUV. Some of them seriously injured. They are out on a training run, so Steve can fill us in on all the details, and clearly we have questions, but let's sure. get started. Yeah. yeah, you bet. So this happened around 6.30 this morning. Uh, the sheriff says around 75 recruits from the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, uh, and that those that group of recruits, by the way, also includes other police departments that were training in the academy to become peace officers. So I don't want to, uh, to neglect the fact that there were some other agencies involved in this, but they were training at the L.A. County Sheriff's Academy, it's the STARS Training Center down in South Whittier, and they were out on a run. I want to play for you this clip real quick. This is Captain Pat McDonald, and he's over the training for the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. And he's talking about how this group of recruits, uh, every new academy uh, class has to go through these daily physical training routines. And one of them is doing a jog in the morning. Um, they were going to be doing around three and a half mile run, and they were about one and a half miles into the run this morning on um, Mill Avenue near Trumbull Street when all of a sudden this Honda small SUV came out of nowhere on the wrong side of the street, plowed into the crowd of recruits. Now, I'll explain a little bit of the detail on what that looks like, but here's uh, Captain Pat McDonald. Once the, the running formation turned northbound, um, the, the vehicle careened into the platoon. Now, there was a light pole on the east side of the street and uh, the one thing that was relayed to me was thank God for that light pole because the vehicle ultimately hit it and stopped as opposed to uh, possibly hitting more recruits. So there's 75 recruits. Of those 75 recruits, it's broken into four columns, smallest to tallest. And uh, it was described as like an airplane crash site with bodies everywhere. 
And uh, fortunately, about 500 feet or so away from the crash site, L.A. County Fire Station 96. And some of the deputies were able to run down there, knock on the door, pound on the door, and they were able to mobilize immediately and get uh, a triage set up done, which really helped save lives. And then some of the other more critically injured recruits were put into sheriff's vehicles and taken away. Because that 75 that run in a block like that, there's a vehicle in the front of the crowd and a behind the crowd. And then on the outside edges of this block of recruits, well, I believe there were six. So I think three on either side had these bright reflective vests on. And they were running early in the morning, as they always do, but they observe this kind of safety protocol that they've done for many years. And the recruits themselves were wearing bright white T-shirts with the uh, uh, the recruit green shorts, the, the color of the department. So they were all pretty bright. It was all pretty obvious. And um, this we're trying to figure out now the motive behind this. I did speak to someone in the Homicide Bureau at the L.A. County Sheriff's Department because the CHP is now the lead investigating agency on this because it happened in unincorporated L.A. County. So they're looking at the sort of um, the driving part of this and whether or not there's a crime. But the Homicide Bureau now is assisting because there's so many people they have to interview. Uh, but I first, my red flags went up because I first thought maybe they were, they were investigating a crime per se because it was Homicide Bureau. Well, one of the things they ruled out right away is whether or not this guy might have been a recruit that failed out. That was something they were looking at right away. That this was a targeted attack. This is yeah. a 22-year-old man, I heard? Yeah, out of Diamond Bar. Diamond we, Bar. We don't know his name yet, but they're not releasing the name. But they also did a roadside sobriety test, and they ruled out alcohol. He blew a 0.0, but they won't talk about whether or not he was high. And I heard one word, Steve, sleepy. I heard sleepy also, but... Um, but they need a warrant to draw blood or his consent. And I don't right. know if that's happened yet. Or it could have you been. You need a warrant to, oh, I guess, drawing you blood. You do. Remember that invasive, whole thing happened yeah. with uh, Tiger Woods also. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Remember they had to get a warrant or his consent to pull blood to check whatever substances were in his system. Same thing, exactly. So same he was thing. sleepy when he came out of the car. Well, that's because that that's a, that shock would wake you up if you were just. There yeah. was a report, Steve, that they had to try to get his foot off the gas pedal or something. I don't know if that fan that fanned out later, but that's what I heard this it's, morning. There's no official. This is all hearsay. It's all conjecture at this point. Hmm. Uh, until investigators, including we love conjecture. I know you do, including the CHP. <laughs> until they can get in there. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to pull the black box. Again, there's a very interesting parallel to the Tiger Woods investigation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he didn't hit anybody. No, but he, he had property damage. So they, but they still have to go through the same procedures like they're then than they do now. They'll pull the black box from this vehicle. They'll go through and they'll be able to determine whether he was wearing a seatbelt, how fast he was going, at what direction the steering wheel was at, the vehicle, Ooh. the you know the, the basic. Um, you know, all the mechanics of what the car was going through at the point of impact and, and moments leading up to. So they'll be able to take that piece it together with witness testimony. And as you know, a bunch of witnesses like that are all going to see a bunch of different things. And a lot of them are in, in, in a traumatic state or in shock. And then they're going to have to take all of that and, and sort of distill it down into what they think is a good timeline. All right. My hand is up. I have many questions. Sure. Are they on the sidewalk or on the street? They're on the street. They are running in the state. Now, all yeah. this escort you described. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why they have a patrol What good did they do? Fire. Well, here's the thing. The car, the car went around into the opposite lane. And then as they were turning is when I was told, uh, the way that the, Captain McDonald explained it, is as they were turning northbound on Mill Avenue. So, like, if you imagine a kind of a snake 
uh, moving because you got 75 people and they're going yeah. very slow and they're moving around. And at one point, this guy came in the opposite direction and plowed into it, presumably into the center mass of that group. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah, we this, heard that the first they, people got out of the way. The yeah. people in the front were able to jump out of the way. Oh, so he the car was hitting them from the front For, of the right. line. Yeah. And then then as it kept going, apparently that's when it went up on the sidewalk and hit that pole. And that stopped it from stopped him mowing down more people in the back. Yeah. And see, we don't know whether this guy didn't have a medical emergency. You know, we can't rule that out as well. I mean, right. we don't know what his condition was like up to. And, you know, there have been stories like this where someone's had a seizure or passed out. Uh, there was also talk about him driving into the sun. And he, he was visibly, you know, incapacitated because of the bright sun that time of the morning. Right. 630 would be just after sunrise. Yeah. So the sun so, would be really low on the horizon. And, Unless, you know, until we get from the CHP, because I don't think the Sheriff's Department's going to release anything now. And if they do, they'll have to wait for the report from the CHP. Uh, they might. This might be a very simple case because they might be able to speak with the driver and they'll be able to lay it out for them. And then the witnesses and then whatever the black box tells them, they might be able to piece this thing together pretty quickly. Or and they found no connection between this well, driver and anybody at the academy or the... Well, that's what they're doing now. Now, just well, because he wasn't a recruit or had failed out of the academy or anything like that doesn't mean he doesn't have a connection with someone in the Sure, he, yeah. there could be any number of reasons he's got a uh, got a grudge. Uh, the one thing if it, it, that's sticking in my head, if it turns out to be true, that if he exited the car sleepy, then there's something in his system because all the adrenaline would sure. wake you up if you were just fatigued and, and falling and, asleep at the wheel. You you hit a pole after running down all those people. Now you're wide awake. Yeah, but now he could he could have also been in shock. And it, yeah. it was characterized, it characterized as being sleepy, but he may have been disoriented from after the impact. Um, is, so, is this known as a dangerous street to be driving on? I'm seeing no. some stories that people say they drive too fast, they're trying to get well, to the dangerous. five freeway or yeah, something. In, in that respect, too, I thought you meant by, by design. But, no, the speed limit there is 25 miles an hour, so it's a regular residential area. Plus, there's an elementary school nearby as well. So you know there's got to be some sort of speed regulation there. But as witnesses have said on the scene there, that, that that's just like a raceway down there. And then, But they also say that the, that group of recruits, like – Every academy that has a group of recruits like that, they jog that same route constantly. Almost every other day, they're out there jogging. So it's not un—it's uh, not a new thing to see this group out there. And he came from the other side of the road. Yeah. yeah so that's that's what's. So I don't know whether he was trying to pass somebody, you know, like somebody else mm -hmm. was going too slow, and when he passed, he he went into the opposite direction, and then this group was coming around the corner. Don't know. Again, were uh, they were they in the traffic lane or they were off to the side in the shoulder? No, they were in the traffic lane because of the way that 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 road is structured. There's cars parked on the on the curb, uh -huh. so they were in the they were in the road proper. Oh, they were that, actually yeah. in the road proper. I yeah, see. because what they do is they come out and then they would turn on another road and then go yeah. down another side street. I see. Well. I'm a runner. When you run in the road, you run facing traffic. You do not run with traffic behind you. You don't run with the traffic that's driving the same direction you are. You run facing it so you can see what's coming at you. That's just the Well, rule. here's the thing, though. You don't have the benefit of a, a, a patrol car in the front and back of you either. That's true, and I, I don't run with 75 people either. Yeah, so, and, so they were running with the traffic, but this, this guy was on the veered opposite, from, the from the opposite, opposite lane. Side. Came the opposite yeah. way at them, right? Yeah. So, again... It's going to go one or two directions. It's either an accident or it was intentional. That's really what it boils down to. Right. Now, can you tell us who's in the worst condition here? How many people and what kind of conditions yeah, do so we know? You want to wait? Yeah, let's take a break. Yeah. Okay. All right, hold on. And we got Steve Gregory And the keyword. Here. Yeah, Steve oh, Gregory's and, on the... And the keyword... 
The keyword is coming up next. Steve, of course, has got all the coverage of this horrible situation in Whittier, where 75 police recruits out on a morning run were hit by a guy in an SUV going the wrong way on the road, and uh, 25 of them were hit. Uh, some of them were going to find out how badly injured. The keyword is next. John and Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. All right, now back to yeah, Steve Gregory. Steve Gregory, of course. He's covering uh, what happened uh, in Whittier to these police recruits. And, you know, these 75 recruits that were out on this morning jog, they were just in their eighth week of a 22-week academy session uh, when this accident happened this morning. And, and if you're just joining us, they were mowed down yeah. by a driver who careened from the opposite lane on mill avenue near trumbull street and fortunately uh they were just about 500 feet or so from uh la county fire station 96 uh so they were able to respond very quickly and uh, get uh, I, when i heard 25 were hit i just i said one suv not a huge suv either but still that's amazing. well see I mean, they were tightly formed right tight formation right, right and the other thing that uh is coming out too that uh there was witness a witness saying that they heard acceleration and that's going to be something else they're going to be able to tell from this black box. Yeah, some reports said he was only doing 30 or 40 miles an hour, but we don't know for sure. No, we don't know yet. That was a guess from the part of the sheriff. What but was the extent of the injuries? A lot of head trauma. Uh, a lot of people hit hard. Um, the sheriff said that some people lost their limbs. Oh, no. Yeah. So oh, um, They're so young. Yeah, and there's at least one person on a ventilator at St. Francis Medical Center. Um, I see here you were right. It looks like at least some of those injured work for either Bell Police or Glendale or Pasadena. Yeah, so what happens, and, and I don't know if people know how this works. So uh, when they have an opening, because the L.A. County Sheriff's Department's Academy is an accredited academy for peace officers for across the state of California. They meet the uh, peace officer standards and training uh, requirements to, to give them peace officer status. So when other departments in the state, anyone in the state, but here in L.A. County, if you have a department that's ready to hire somebody, like the city of Bell, they can't afford to have their own academy. So what they do is they pay for that person to go to the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Academy, and then when they graduate, they graduate as a peace officer and an employee of the Bell Police Department. So that's how that works. So the oh, okay. Sheriff's Department is the training facility for a lot of smaller agencies around Southern California. LAPD has its own training academy, but others will also go to the LAPD Academy as well as the LA County Sheriff's Academy. So it acts, those two act as some major training hubs for smaller agencies. So there's five that are critically injured out of the five 25. critically injured, four with moderate injuries, and 16 had minor injuries. Some of them were treated on scene, um, and then there were some taken. I, I believe there was three that were airlifted to the trauma center, level one trauma center at UC Irvine. And I guess those are the ones with the head injuries. Head injuries, and then, um, but the UC Irvine doctor there that spoke uh, said that no one, uh, no amputees were at his location. So presumably right. there are the other locations. Yikes. So that's uh, really, it's just horrific. Yeah, especially is recruiting difficult these days in terms it's of police very, departments with all the whole defund the police nonsense yes, that we had going through. Yeah, Ken, that's it's interesting you say that because um, people were just talking about you know it's it's hard to get people to come join the department and for something like this to happen. But they don't you know they don't want people to be discouraged because this is certainly the exception. No, uh, it's, it's a, yeah, it's this a is freak a very occurrence. very freak occurrence. Yeah. Now again, if this turns out to be an intentional act of some kind, then that changes the game a bit. You know, uh, at the height of the George Floyd protests, uh, my wife and I were driving up to uh, Berkeley. One of our sons went to Berkeley, and we were going to see him. 
And it was late May. I think we were helping him to move out at the end of the semester. And we were running out of gas. We'd rented a van so we could fill up the van with mm -hmm. his stuff. And my wife was driving. Neither one of us was paying attention. And we run out of gas. And we she turned the car up a ramp, I oh. think around Richmond, coming off whatever freeway was there, 280. Memory's a little hazy. Anyway, some local cops came to help us. And AAA brought the gas, and the cops waited with us. And eventually, they pushed our van down the ramp across the street and get us to a gas station because we needed a, a full tank. Um, while they were waiting with us, a car came by, and we saw this, swerved right at them. This is when we were at the height of the anti-police fever. Came really close to mowing them down. And I said to them, I go, does this happen often? And they go, these days, all the time. If they're standing on the side of a freeway or the side of a ramp yeah. like that, there's a crazy person who wants to make a political point, and they pretend that they're going to run them over. So it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. That no, it's not. And, you know, it's funny you bring that up because, I mean, I've been on many ride-alongs, and then a lot of times in the last couple of years, they'll get the, you know, someone will flip them off, call them names, cuss at them, um, you know, and dare them. They bait them, you know, and a lot of people bait these cops because they want to catch them doing something and get them in trouble. But acts like this now um, are happening literally all the time now. They're 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 under siege. I mean, cops everywhere are under siege, and yeah. this is why. That's it's what so those hard. cops told us. He says, "No, this this stuff goes on all the time." Yeah, it's and it, you know, and the ones that are being ambushed, you know, we've had it yeah. here in L.A. Yeah. Where cops have been ambushed, they're trying to get in to back to the station or back home or something, and they get ambushed and killed. I mean, in Linwood, where the deputy, you know, somebody now, these recruits, that's the same location that the two deputies that were shot point blank a few years ago at the Compton train station, where people were outside chanting, die pigs, die pigs. Yeah, I remember that story. I remember yeah. you covering that. So, I mean, it's, it, it is, and people have absolutely no idea, I mean... It's just, it's pretty sad. It's a sad can, state of affairs all around. Can we expect any more updates today? Do you know? Um, that's a great question. We've not been given any kind of an, uh, a heads up. I suspect we'll get something else by the end of this afternoon. If nothing else, I'm hoping for a medical update just to give us an idea of where, if the person on the ventilator is out of danger, uh, kind of what the status is. I don't think we'll get anything on the investigation today, but I think we'll, I'm hoping we'll get something on the, on the status of the medical updates. All right, Steve, thank you very you much. It, Steve uh, Gregory, all over the story of these uh, police recruits who were hit by a Honda CRV that was driving the wrong way in an area of Whittier early this morning, sometime before 6.30 even. They were members of the Star Center Academy. More coming up. John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, more throughout the afternoon on what happened in Whittier this morning when those police recruits were uh, mowed down by some 22-year-old from Diamond Bar in an SUV. <clears throat> Hopefully we'll learn more about how that could have happened. 25 of them hit, a number of them in serious condition. We'll also keep you updated on their medical conditions. We're going to talk to the mayor of Whittier, Joe Vinatieri, in the 4 o'clock hour, and yeah. anything that comes up between them, we'll you know, certainly bring it to the, you. The logical suspicion is you got a 22-year-old, and maybe he was high or stoned or on some kind of drug. And he was uh, ha he was asleep or half zonked, and he lost control of the car. I mean, but you saw they found some marijuana in the car. Yeah, 
But it, it the, the time but of day. But they have no. There's the, it was a zero on the drunk scale. So there, yeah, but oh no, the, the the now the big thing is being stoned on pot. That's a big percentage of the country at any given moment. People are stoned. In fact, I read that they're having trouble getting military recruits, and the biggest thing is they fail their drug tests. I was listening to uh, a military official the other day. Recruiting is way down because they have to reject so many people. Number one reason, drug tests. I mean, casual use of drugs is, is off the charts. because, And a lot of stuff has been legalized or tolerated. Oh, the smell of marijuana is everywhere. Yeah. At, well, we call it skunk. Whenever we go, hey, it smells like skunk, it means somebody's got a joint somewhere in the area. And, and a 22-year-old and up at 6.30 in the morning? He was on his way to work. No. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Well, somebody said they raced down that street to get to the 5 freeway. They might be mm -hmm. late for work. That's what one resident said can happen. All right, well, we'll see. That particular area around that curve. It must lead to a, to the 5 freeway somewhere. Uh, yeah, we'll see how this pans out as far as a motive or just a, a goofball that was high and fell asleep behind the wheel and driving the wrong way and plowed into these uh, poor recruits just out in a morning run. Well, it happened again when vagrants attack last night. 6.20 p.m. at a Target store, downtown Los Angeles, 7th and Figueroa. A vagrant, apparently, from what I understand, he pulled the knife off the shelves of Target. He found himself a nine-year-old boy who apparently, it says here, was separated from his mother at the time in the store, and that can happen, and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stab you. And he sure enough did. That is, that is. The child tried to run, but he was stabbed in the back. Got a laceration in his right shoulder. That is on the level of a horror movie, isn't it? <laughs> Random yes, it vagrant is. pulling a knife off the shelf walks up to a nine-year-old and says, "I'm going to stab you." This, this he, is he, what. Yeah, what's Karen Bass going to do about this? Does she think this guy ought to be forcibly taken off the street? Hey, if you go into any business in downtown LA, you're taking your life into your hands because that's got oh, a yeah. higher percentage of dangerous vagrants than most other places in the city, or usually has. Now, there are certainly some places with too many vagrants, but that's a particularly nasty uh, area. So uh, he, he heads the, the, the vagrant heads down an aisle where he comes across a group of women and he stabs a 25-year-old woman in the chest. At this point, oh. a security guard recognizes oh. the commotion, comes over and shoots this man dead. Thank God the security officer had a gun. We ought to have a parade for that guy. Oh, no, we're the activists to say, why did you have to shoot him? Couldn't yeah. you have negotiated and uh, talked to him? He's probably mentally ill and he's hungry. Sure, one of those mental health uh, rescue teams. Yes, circle is what they're called, the circle yeah, people? The, the circle team, sure. They can, the uh, circle bleep people? They can show up with uh, blankets. And comfort. And comfort. And smiles. Maybe some lemonade for the guy. And sage, See, thanks to Deborah Mark. Oh, I, yeah. I look, at, I look at those guys and I assume they're capable of stabbing me in the chest with a knife. I really do. I'm I'm totally past this idea that that these guys are are benign. They're just uh, looking for food, and, and you know they're just down on their luck. It's like no, every one of these is a potential psycho. And and and, and if Karen Bass becomes mayor, if she if she had a brain in her head, she would treat that would be the policy. We treat all these people as if they're capable of stabbing your little nine year old with a knife. Yeah, these two are in critical condition, too. Oh, yeah. no, This was horrible. And I'm going to stick to what I always say. Most vagrants are not violent. However, we have increased the number so greatly 
that you have a much better chance today of encountering a violent but, homeless but person. But if they're on bad drugs, anything can happen. It, it, he could be the nicest vagrant in the world, and he takes the wrong kind of drug, then, then his brain goes haywire and unleashes a, some kind of violent impulse that he can't control. Yep. Described as a 40-year-old man that did this. That's all we have. Right. 40 year old fact, man. it's a homeless guy. And uh, So he's been, probably been on the streets for many years, and nothing's been done. You know, I'm looking at the... Hold it a minute. Oh, yeah. The Times does admit he appeared to be homeless, police said. Appeared to be homeless. They only wanted to quote the police description sure. that he appeared to be homeless. The update in this story, this came out this morning at 6, is that he definitely was a vagrant. And I don't know whether or not he'd been in that store before or any of the stories about him, but that was uh, the assessment. Well, he probably wasn't working as a, as a lawyer, and he just wandered over to Target. Wasn't working as a lawyer. Yeah, to, to do some errands. <laughs> you're 40 years old, you're wandering around, you grab a knife and stab a nine-year-old. Yeah, yeah, odds are you're a vagrant. Now's the time to ask, you're locking everything else up in the stores now. Why aren't you locking the knives up? Yeah, that is weird. It's not in the story, but I heard it on a different newscast this morning that he did take a knife from the shelves of the store. Doesn't say it in this time story. I mean, he could have walked into the store with the knife, but I had read or heard that he uh, he got the knife from the store. Well, it's nice that Target leaves weapons out on the shelves for the homeless to grab. Well, did you notice the security guards armed? I mean, a lot of stores I go to, there's security people, but not armed that I can see anyway. I don't know how and, common and that the, is, but guy, if you're running a store in downtown L.A., it's probably pretty common. And the guy was willing to to go for it, too, willing to, to, to shoot, to kill, which is, which is really impressive because even cops are getting timid now. And I would imagine the security officer said, drop that knife. And when you don't do it, well, someone yeah. else could get stabbed, and that's now the that, end of that. That's all legal, right? Because he was the, – the vagrant was – had Dangerous. already stabbed two uh, people. Threatening imminent, lives. Already stabbed two people. Imminent right. danger, yeah. So this is. This I is, hope the security guard doesn't get in any trouble. I, I don't know that. <laughs> we have a. Not well, would be the city of L.A. Well, actually, this would be. A, would end up with Gascon if that's what they're going to investigate it for. Not unreasonable to question, though. Not. So, yes, we won't be prosecuting the vagrant. Uh, he was shot dead. All right. We'll continue to keep an eye on the uh, story out of Whittier where the police recruits were run over by a man driving the wrong way early this morning. We got more coming up on the John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, the Moist Line is coming back the day after tomorrow. So another heads up for calls. Leave us messages through the iHeartRadio app. That's the little microphone icon that you find there, directed to John and Ken. Or call the toll-free number, which is always there for you, 24-7. 1-877-MOIST-86, one 664 Coming up after 3 o'clock, well, you know the old rule on the John and Ken Show, wait three days, some stories change. In this case, it was wait a few hours. And that, of course, is the tragedy that happened in Poland yesterday when there was a missile strike that killed two people in a small village on the border between Poland and Ukraine, very close to the border. We'll tell you what that update is, and uh, if true, well, we're not going to war yet. So that's the, that's the headline. Also, we'll talk about, uh, well, our longtime Senator, Dianne Feinstein, appears to have had another lapse. Tell you what that's about. She had a chance for a very powerful position in the United States Senate and it's declined, but apparently didn't remember that. (laughs) We'll tell you what that is in the three o'clock hour. 
Anything I said a few months ago necessarily hold true today. Uh, crypto, FTX, story just keeps on giving, doesn't it? Uh, FTX, of course, is the company, it's a cryptocurrency exchange company, which has gone into bankruptcy. And uh, there's a great quote here early in one of the stories that I'm reading. Uh, Adam Levitin, a Georgetown University law professor, and a principal at some firm that provides advice regarding crypto bankruptcies. He said, at some level, the fall of FTX, it's not a crypto story at all. People invested billions in an unregulated financial institution based in the Caribbean island. How could this end well? That is, that is exactly where I am on this. I keep reading these stories about people invested their life savings. People have lost so much money. This has hurt small investors. I'm sorry, you deserve to lose it. You invest your life savings in fake money. Cryptocurrency is fake money. There's no real value to it. And What's these exchanges are unregulated. That's going to be the next thing that comes out of this. Yeah. So they can pretty much do whatever they want. Well, and, and now actually the Bahamas is fighting with the U.S. over who takes over the bankruptcy. Because we, they also have some... Uh, they're in Delaware, too, incorporated, too. We so. always joke about this. If you're really wealthy and you want to hide money or you've got some uh, sketchy financial business, which the real business is bilking people, you go to some unregulated island out in the Atlantic Ocean where they have no laws. That's where that's where tax evaders always go. Historically, it was the Cayman Islands. Or here you go to the Bahamas. We have at least a billion dollars worth of customer funds that have vanished from FTX. And again, basically what this is, is that they're holding crypto for customers, but what they do with it in terms of, quote, investing it, and that's where everything went south, along with the fact that the, the crypto markets have dropped quite a bit in the last six months to year. You, that also hurt this company badly. This, this is run, it was, I said it was 10 people in this wealthy penthouse apartment in the Bahamas. That's where they ran the company out of. And these 10 people were involved in a polycule, right? Where they were having sex with one another. And this is a real story. It's not a salacious rumor. These guys were sexually involved with one another in addition to running this scam where they were taking billions of dollars and then looting it through the back door. This guy, Sam, what's his name? Sam Bankman. Bankman Freed. Right. He would go on these public relations missions. He had this new phrase, catchy phrase called effective altruism where rich people take their money to do something tangibly good in the world with it, right? And and the suckers out there were wowed by this. It's like, oh, wow, not only is this is cool crypto, this is all, I'm going to be part of this new movement, man, where wealthy people do good things with their money and be altruistic. And then he was going around talking, he, he was the number two bribe guy for the Democratic Party, I think, right behind George Soros in terms of donating money. And... What he wanted to get was regulations that he would write or his lobbyists would write and benefit from, right? And the yeah. other people in the crypto world were pissed at him. It's like, no, no, we don't want any regulation. We certainly don't want regulations that are going to be written by you to benefit you and not us. So, <laughs> so, but, so this, this, this guy admitted, because I just found a story written, uh, I guess today, in Vox.com, and a writer— Oh, he did an interview with them, he, I think. Well, yes, he just did uh, uh, through text messaging. No, she, that's she, how it was. Okay. She was working on a profile last summer uh, and, and so had a contact with him and just sent out a text to see what happens. And he started writing back. Now, remember, this guy is also on a lot of drugs. 
And he starts writing back and admitted, admitted in these text messages that all that regulation that he was lobbying for it was just public relations. He said, I, I'm looking at the quote right now from the text message. Yeah, it was just PR. Well, another aspect of this has come up in the news today. One of the other things that Mr. Bankman Freed did was he went heavy with advertising and he used celebrities. We now have a class action lawsuit, which was filed today, alleging that Sam Bankman Freed violated Florida law, misled customers and cost investors billions of dollars in damages. The lawsuit also names some prominent celebrities. <clears throat> Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady is... Uh, Ex-wife, soon-to-be ex-wife Giselle Bundchen, uh, the Golden State Warriors guard Steph Curry, businessman Kevin O'Leary, Larry David of Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld fame. And to remind you what we're talking about, apparently people are passing this one around today. Here is the commercial for FTX by Tom Brady and Giselle. Can I talk to you about something? Yeah, we talked about it. I got another 10 years left. Maybe 15. Not bad. This is big. What do you think? Are you in? You know what? I'm in. Let's call everyone. Hang on a minute. Oh, how dare you call this number? Okay, I'm in. Whatever. Who's that? That was my mom. Huh. Hey, Donut, don't eat that. Yo, what's up? Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, sounds good. I'm in. I'm in. Hey, Arthur, I quit. I'm in. T-Bone, sit the downstairs toilet again. Hello, Tom. Doggy coin? Sue, Mark. Are you in? I'm in. So I'm, I'm in. I'm in. All right, this last one might be tough. Nah, he loves you. Barbara's getting on the dentist. This guy. First, even if you wanted to come back, we wouldn't take you. Yes, you would. Yeah, yeah we, we would. would. You're right, we would. What's up? I'm getting into crypto. With FTX. You in? We're providing gives 360-degree access to the crypto markets with the ability to trade everything from alts to DeFi. I believe I'm in, but still hate you. Understood. Take it. Best of the family. Is he in? Yep. Did he say he hates you? He did. Even on the phone, that guy sounds handsome. All right, we can stop it there. Some of these commercials ran during the Super Bowl, too, where they really oh, got... Oh, yeah, the Larry David commercial. A lot right. of what you might call unsophisticated viewers who just sure. thought, wow. How cool. I mean, they got they got the music going there. They got the celebrities. They have a catchy little phrase, I'm in. Do you know how complicated it is to try to explain crypto and nobody still understands it? People in the crypto industry don't understand it because it's all it's all a racket and a scam. So all you have to say, it's in. Hey, look at us cool people. It's in. It's in. We're in. We're in. You in? We're in. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, you know what? You deserve to lose your money. You deserve to go bankrupt and lose your house and your car and, and your family should leave you. You do this, you're asking for it. You heard the bank... <laughs> Bankman Freed's trying to raise money. I don't know how, <laughs> through through what capital and entrepreneurs and stuff. I don't really understand well, he that. Was all, they, they were always conning these venture capitalists because the venture capitalists they don't know they don't know crap, right? They're guys who had their own oil uh, like oil well that they hit, right. and they got a gusher of money. They don't know what to do with it. They're really greedy, so they'll fund anything. These guys listen to like. 15-minute pitches, and they'll give you millions of dollars. They're just planting seeds. They know most of them are going to be failures, but they don't care because maybe you'll hit upon an eBay, for example. 
Yeah, we're concerned or, uh, that some uh, of this is starting t- to spread to other companies now. With <laughs> people oh. are having trouble withdrawing funds. <laughs> oh, it's it, 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 it's going to. In fact, I, I remember when uh, Staples Center became Crypto.com. Yeah, Crypto is one of the ones right. under the microscope today. So, yeah. One of my son's big Lakers fan, and he goes, he goes, oh, I, I hate that name, Crypto.com. And I said, don't worry, two years it'll be gone. <laughs> All right, uh, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.